Bueno, mi gente, hasta aquí llegamos. For now, for now, relax. We're just wrapping up Los Últimos Capítulos of the Growing Up Spanglish Podcast, Season 1, Miami. This last episode was so long, we decided you're in for a treat, and we're splitting it up into two episodes. So stay tuned for part one. What's up, guys? My name is Gustavo Villalobos. The Anglo version of it, so it's easily digestible, is Gus Villa. <laughs> I am Colombian-Argentinian, which is the two most polar opposite countries in all of South America, which have absolutely nothing to do with each other. But my father is Colombian. My mother is Argentinian. And I'm a jeweler in here in downtown Miami in sunny 305. And yeah, I grew up in the most infamous of cities in Hialeah, the Hialeah, representing what's good, dog. <laughs> That's that's right, girl. You better <laughs> yeah. say it with, with some emphasis. I am so excited. You better be. To have, <laughs> to have you here because of that. Uh, because I, your personality. So I'm gonna I'll take it back. Mm. Gus and I have known each other for a thousand years. Quite literally. We, <laughs> we've known each other since middle school. Yep. You have always been a little rascal literally mm. travieso mm. as fuck mm. and it's so amazing to see where you are now mm. you're a bona fide businessman <laughs> <laughs> you are but <laughs> you're a jeweler but right. you also did pottery for a while you did art yeah and you travel often mm -hmm. so to see where you are now it's so funny because my memories of you are just <laughs> Middle school. Mm. I think we met in sixth grade. We definitely <laughs> met <laughs> in a science class because I remember Ms. the Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, hell yeah. And did. I remember that you sat in the back because, of course, that's where all the cool kids <laughs> sit in the back. Obviously, my guy. <laughs> yes. And uh, I just always remembered you being very Bart Simpson. Yeah. You were just a little yeah, yeah, travieso. Yeah. 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 And then we went to high school together. You, you, I don't remember much. You, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember you much yes. in high school because we, we kind of yeah. you know you know we but, did like right, we, we drifted. Dog. We had different groups. Yeah, different groups, if for you sure, will. for sure, for sure. Um, and so I I so it's two two images. I remember. I remember you in middle school just mm. being like naughty cool, by nature, hot, debonair, <laughs> stunningly <Right>. handsome. <laughs> And then I remember you in high school being in Mr. Kid's class. Oh, yeah. And I remember you, obviously, because I had Miss Kid. So. Oh, did you? Oh, you were yeah, in drama. Yeah, because I was right. Drama. Yeah, right, right, right. And, okay. and then I remember you, you were like the stoner dude. Oh, yeah. And you had your chancletas. I always remember you had chancletas. <laughs> what a loser I was, bro. God, Jesus Christ. So where you are now, mm. in high school, I don't think I would have fathomed that that was who you're gonna be yeah yeah i don't think so either i mean to be fair i used to rock abercrombie yes uh, and you know this is 2006 right. right so obviously this isn't cool now <laughs> but maybe it might be cool in a week or whatever but <laughs> back then it was the cool thing it was a pop-up collar the ribbed jeans mm -hmm. and the flip-flops right that's and why that, you always had the flip-flops that's i always had always. the flip-flops you know that's what it was yeah and it was very you know the stoner kid mm. you know and so the super chill <laughs> laid back so it's amazing to see where you are now. Mm. Very, I I think, a very accomplished 
Oh, man. Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of things going on for you. Mm. Actually, before we progress this a little bit further. Uh-oh. What are you about to do right now? What are you about to take? I, I literally brought our, our middle school uniform. Oh, <laughs> you're such Because I wanted jerk. to see. I'm probably not in it because I oh usually would skip. I If you're not in it, I'm going to die. I would, I, even... I would skip uh, picture day no. on purpose so they wouldn't take my picture. I'm probably not in it. Here. Probably uh, look it up. I it's hope. Villalobos. With uh, a ovio. Ovio. Microbio. T U V. T U V. Here, here, here. Nah. <laughs> Let me see this shit. You're so embarrassing. Oh, and, dude. I, and you're I highlighted so, everyone I knew. You're actually These were my friends. You're actually embarrassing. And I hate your guts. <laughs> oh, what a loser. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. You gotta get a close people, up on man. that one. That's, That's amazing. Horrifying. First off, I look oh I have no beard. <laughs> I haven't seen myself without a beard in years, bro. That's yeah. a good one. I can't believe you still have this man. I'm I'm one for nostalgia. Quite literally, and I'm looking at everyone here and I recognize a, a lot, lot of, of these people, but I don't talk to anybody here. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's funny. That, oh, get that away from me. Never bring that out ever again in your life. The love of Christ. Was, I had to. I had to because I had it and I was I need I'm gonna bring this because this is gonna be hilarious. So yeah, I'm glad I was able to do that for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's absolutely. for that tragic introductory thank you. <laughs> that was awful. Well, looking back at the childhood Perfect segue. And talking about growing up Spanglish. Mm. So you grew up in Hialeah. Mm. So I know you went Dalia. to the Leah. The Leah. Leah District is what they uh, call it these days. I live two blocks away from the Leah District. Hey, well, there you go. There it is. Very gentrified or mm. attempting to be. Mm. Where specific? So you said two blocks from Leah District. Yeah. What What elementary school did you go to? I went to the North Hialeah. Okay. So where I live now is not necessarily where I grew up, even though I grew up only seven or eight minutes away from where I'm at now. But yeah, it, I used to go to North Hialeah, which is... It's all one big hood in Hialeah, really, <laughs> all it is. But yeah, I used to go to North Hialeah, which is still around to this day. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, my it's, elementary school is still around too. Is it? Yeah. There's there's some that are not, man. There but, are? But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, North Hialeah was a, uh, you know, growing up in Hialeah was was a, it wasn't at the time at the time. This is I'm 35, so this would have been 30 years ago, essentially when I showed up to Hialeah, was a lot different than what it is now. However, uh, it's genuinely to me the most special place on earth i can go to different countries and i've been to a lot of them not to you know whatever but every time i come back there's just it's a piece of me and it's a piece of who i walk around with mm -hmm. every single day so mm -hmm. i'm proud of that and yes it is the north Hialeah, home of the eagles let's get it baby <laughs> <laughs> you said when i got there so you were not born here yeah so i was born in colombia but i got here when i was two so it's basically you're always you know i I identify as a Colombian person, but I'm also have a mother who's a full-blooded Argentinian lady. You know what I mean? Who would not let me ever forget it? Ever forget <laughs> it, dude? Ever? So a lot of the things that I do is because of my Argentinian mother. But yeah, I'm, I'm Colombian, and so is you know most of my family. My my father's Colombian, and uh, I didn't grow up in a split household, so they're still married till this day. So that conflict of countries is still something that I live with till this day. You know. You know what's so funny now that I'm thinking back? Mm -hmm. 
as a child, I don't think it ever dawned on me where people were from. I just yeah. knew you were Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. Yeah. I had no idea that you were Argentinian. Really? I think I knew that you were Colombian, but I had no idea that you were Argentinian, and it would never behoove me to <laughs> <laughs> to ask because I think as a kid you're just like, oh he's spanish too can i ask you something sure you're puerto rican aren't you absolutely i knew it from the day i met you papa i literally there was ain't no guessing game in that there one there is no guessing there, game with that none none i knew it from the moment I, because you used to hang out with jenny which is all, she's also puerto rican she's a, a friend of ours a mutual yeah. friend of ours and she was puerto rican and and uh i remember i just knew you were always puerto rican for the most part <laughs> i knew where a lot of people were from okay yeah there's just for me i think there's growing up in miami i think there are top three yeah right so off rip you know who's cuban that's when they speak you know yeah yeah, yeah. so cuban i think that my from my perspective Mm. there were a lot of either colombian venezuelans Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. you can also tell from when they speak thousand and then i will i guess i will say either dominican or puerto rican yeah you know what i mean you can tell yeah but i Majority is Cuban. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. well, the thing about it is, uh, at least for me, right? So when I grew up at least in the community, you know, we went to Norland, right? Mm-hmm. So Norland was, we were the white kids in the school, straight up. Very much so. But so the Hispanic kids or the, the, the yeah, the Hispanic kids would all hang out, I would say with each other, but I did have a lot of friends that were Hispanic. And I did well, we were a, there because we were there for the magnet For program. sure. So we weren't even from the neighborhood for, for real. For sure, yeah. yeah. So for the most part, and at least in my case, Typically, when you get someone who's Argentinian, at least for me, is you imagine this tall blonde dude or this tall blonde girl, typically from Argentina, right? And so my mom is from a city called Mendoza, which if you can give it geographically, I would tell you Buenos Aires is right here, which is where all the people that immigrate typically are from. And then outside of that is in the countryside. It's still a big city, but it's called Mendoza. And there's more people that, of course, are mixed with Spaniards. So I gave my mom a a DNA test, and this is why I'm accurately depicting where, I'm, where my mom's from. But she she is 80% Spaniard, 10% European, but the other 20 or the other 10% or whatever it's left of it is indigenous people from uh, Mendoza, which is the Chilean-Mendoza border. So those people are typically a little darker. So my mother is maybe your complexion, which for an Argentinian woman, that's typically not what you're going to get, right? right? You imagine an Argentinian person, blonde, blue eyes. So when I used to say I was Argentinian, it used to come across as a lot d- more difficult to, I guess, digest than right. if I were to say, oh, I'm Colombian. And then my accent is also Colombian. So if I were to say, oh, my mom's Argentinian, people would be like, nah, you're not Argentinian. You're not white. You know what I mean? Well, it's- I would say that, and I mean no offense no, to anyone. Say it. The- we went to Crop, mm-hmm. which was predominantly... Jewish, and there was a large population of Spanish people as well. And my recollection of what Argentinian people were from my high school experience was very white and very snobby. Mm. That's what I very much remember. So I would not have pegged you for Argentinian. Well, that's the thing. So I, I grew up in Argentina for the summers. I used to go there all the time, right? So again, it's very typical of what you would get, what what the masses in Miami, specifically Miami, when you get these people that immigrate from the capital, which is what are called porteños. Porteños are people from El Porto de Argentina, which is basically the port, Mm -hmm. that's Buenos Aires. They are the typical type of Argentinian that you are mostly known for, Mm -hmm. which is very pompous, kind of an ego, kind of arrogant, kind of a douchebag. That's (laughs) what it is. That's just, that's unfortunately what it is, right? 
But the people outside of the city, and I'm not saying that everybody from Buenos Aires is, but people outside of the city, so if you get a place from Cordoba or Rosario or Messi's from or Mendoza, which are these other big cities that are outside of that, they're more us. They're more just chill vibes, mm -hmm. more just chilling. And people from Buenos Aires are typically the ones. It's almost, uh, you know, when they say, oh, New Yorkans are jerks, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not. If you're not. But if you're from Montana or southern country, you're not. We're not the people from New York. Right. Same thing. Okay. If you're from a big city and those are the kind of people that immigrate, that's where you get la fama esa, which is where you're kind of a jerk. But for the most part, most of us are not that. Mm -hmm. So. To your point, ultimately, yeah, I don't sound or even look an Argentinian right. person. That's probably why I don't get it. But yeah, I'm half Argentinian. Love that. Weird. <laughs> the <laughs> darkest one you've ever seen. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Are you a sports fan? Are you excited huge, about? Me? Okay. Huge. Okay. Come on, don't ask me. That <laughs> don't. I'll. I'll jump over this table, dog. Because I'm not really pressed about it, but you know. Come on, you got to be pressed, it. dog. Come on, dog. The only reason it makes sense to me is because I recently was watching the entire Ted Lasso series. And so I was, oh, soccer, it's a big deal. Okay, I get soccer, it. Soccer, it's, fo it's, it's football. football. Yeah, dog, come on. Let's just so, start there, Rosalind. Yeah. <laughs> Christ Not the almighty, dog. My God. They call me Roxy these days. Do they? They do. Okay, well, I'm not going to call you Roxy. All right, I'm going to call you Rosalind. God, Roxy. <laughs> call me by my artist name, please. Exactly. <laughs> There's a post, there's a pre-college and a post-college. <laughs> oh, you're disgusting. <laughs> so what is growing up in Hialeah? It's weird because so, so when I grew up in, in Hialeah was, you know, it was for working class Hispanic families. You know, my parents immigrated to the country not knowing a lick of English. My mom has been here. I'm 35. So 35 years. And she doesn't know English in a proficient way. She'll understand or whatever gets by she'll yeah she'll muster up a couple of words but it's not like she's gonna hit you with some english you know so they came here as regular working hispanic families and at the time in my in 1980s it was a neighborhood that's just a working class neighborhood mm -hmm. it wasn't for people who had money or it wasn't also super violent crimes but we grew up some of our friends were wilos which are these gang members or whatever and it's just a regular neighborhood where it was predominantly Cuban families who had immigrated here who didn't necessarily have the money to, let's say, for instance, live in the Grove or, you know, live in Miami Lakes or whatever, because at the time, those were these super right. nice neighborhoods. But you had, you know, you were working hard. You were you were a regular kid. You would go outside. You'd play with your friends. And I happened to have a lot of friends that lived in Hialeah in different parts of Hialeah. So, you know, a mutual friend of ours, my boy Abe, he used to live in West Hialeah, you know, so I would ride my bicycle to his crib. It, it was a, for all intensive purposes of, to answer the question, it is, it was a normal childhood just growing up in Hialeah with strong, strong Hispanic roots to where obviously you still go to this day. Nobody really speaks English in there. So it, in essence, it was growing up in a Hispanic household with hardworking parents in a normal everyday life. Yeah. I wish I could tell you more than that, than like more than, <laughs> but it's pretty boring in a way. It was just, yeah, you're, you're, nobody's family was rich, right? Nobody of us had bread. We all kind of just worked it around. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty fun, uh, especially if you had friends outside of Hialeah, it was a pretty fun. But but there was also that strong distinction mm -hmm. of that. At the end of the day, you're still from Hialeah, right? So us in Hialeah, us Hialeah kids, yeah. we would hang out and we were all cool, you know, and we were all chilling and we were all the same. But it isn't until you start growing older and you start getting into different neighborhoods mm -hmm. that you start realizing, you know, may maybe we don't have it that good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Do you know or have any idea why your parents decided to come here? Yeah. So my dad, when he was uh, when he was younger, he was the oldest of 10 kids. And my mother was the youngest of four kids. And my father's story, uh, to sum it up, of course, and this is going to totally be the synopsis version of it, <laughs> is he left because he realized in Colombia, this is the early 80s, there was a lot of poverty and there's a lot of political distress and there was a lot of crazy shit going down. And he realized that if he's going to be the father of 10 brothers and sisters in Hispanic households, specifically Colombian households, the 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 male oldest one is essentially a different father, in mm -hmm, other words. Mm -hmm. So he has to provide for the other one. So he left thinking that he was going to provide a better opportunity for his brothers and sisters. And then eventually he got here and he was able to marry his best friend's wife for papers and get sort of citizenship. And that's how he ended up here. And then my mother, kind of the same thing. It was just at the time, also I have to understand that the U.S. was the American dream. The American mm -hmm. dream was still alive. And it's still alive, I, I think, to this day. But nevertheless, at the time, it was this mythical land mm -hmm. that if you ended up here, it was going to be this beautiful thing and everything was going to be all roses. Of course, they, that never ended up being the case. But nevertheless, that was it. So it was their journey to come here to give themselves a better opportunity. Then they met each other and had kids and then they gave us a better opportunity. But nevertheless, that was their journey coming over here because they lived in such insane I wouldn't say situations, but yeah, in a certain way it was. My mother lived in the Peron era, which is Evita Peron, you know what I mean? And they had a husband who was a tyrant, who was running Argentina, a militia, basically. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to escape that, right? She didn't want to be in that military-style uh, government, so she came over here to live a different life. And that's where she, you know, she met my dad and the rest is history, and that's where I'm hanging and out right here. And that's how you're here. And that's how I'm hanging <laughs> out right here. <laughs> Yeah, so. so how was those summers? You said you used to mm. spend your summers in Argentina and Colombia too? Yeah, just... both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents, I don't know. I still don't know to this day. I might, I might be talking for my parents and I don't want to do that. But <laughs> essentially, I didn't know why my parents did it, but I just know that they did it. And I think that it's a maybe 50-50% of it was because they wanted me to know the culture of where I come from. Another my, another you know big part of it might be because it's cheaper to just fly your kids out to another country and someone and let, else take care of them. <laughs> yeah, because my the thing is my dad is he again he's the oldest of ten kids, so I had six aunt or six uncles and four aunts. That's awesome. In one humongous house. In, in oh, they in, were all oh yeah. Well, I mean they they spread it out. Yeah, but it's still much easier to do that. So when I was a kid, my parents would send me to Colombia or they sent me to Argentina with my brother. And we would just be us for the summer. And so it was cool, man, because, you know, here's a kid who's from Hialeah, uh, only exposed to Hialeah, mm -hmm. to go to Colombia, which, of course, is a third world country or whatever the hell you want to call it, a developing country, whatever. And you get to hang out with your cousins, you know what I mean? And you get to see stuff that you never are ever going to be able to be right. exposed to as a little kid in Hialeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, different food, uh, different culture, things that are acceptable in the U.S. that aren't acceptable in Colombia and vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, first time I smoked weed was in Colombia. I was fucking 14 or something. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody smoking weed at our age right. of 14. And things that just just being around cousins, learning the language, learning the things that my grandmother would do and that I would see my mother do or my father do and things that just... It was more of an educational thing. Same thing with Argentina. Same thing. It, you, it, was able, it was a learning school 
for diversity, to mm -hmm. understand, to me, that the world isn't just the five-mile right. radius that I live in. You right. know what I mean? And it, and for me, it was huge. It's huge. I, I have a insane travel bug that's never gone away, and I think it's because... I used to always go away for the summer. And maybe it was my parents who couldn't afford to keep my dumb ass at the crib in Hialeah, you know what I mean? And so they would just book a flight and, you know, send their kids to live with their parents and their uncles and whatever. And yeah. it was a beautiful experience that I think that every kid should have because, you know, there's so many people, especially nowadays, that don't go outside of their 10-mile radius of where they're mm -hmm. from. And because of that, they're just so insanely limited mm -hmm. to the gyroscope of their lives and what they think is important and when you realize it or you start traveling you realize that shit ain't that yeah, important you know absolutely. what i'm saying i i love that because it makes me really happy when when i hear other people that got to experience their wherever home i consider where i'm from home mm -hmm. i may not have lived there for longer periods of time than a summer mm -hmm. but i consider that home because that my my heart and my soul connects that to home, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I feel most myself when I'm in Puerto Rico. And so when I hear that people got to go back to wherever they're from for summers or extended periods of time, it makes me so happy because that connectedness, you know, that experiencing of who you are and where you come from is so important mm -hmm. to feel you belong somewhere. Because yeah, yeah. it's, it's difficult. You grew up in Hialeah. Yes, there were other Spanish kids. Yes. But when you go experience your family, mm -hmm. wherever you're from, and also experience, oh, this is what my parents kind of must have experienced you too. It's an amazing feeling. And so, you know, I'm also thinking how you said there were things that you experienced there that you couldn't experience here. For me, I remember going to Puerto Rico in the my parents would ship me off in the in the summer. I don't think Why it was did necessarily they do that, though? for me, I don't think it was necessarily because they needed child care, if you will. <laughs> For me, I think it was very much, I don't want you to forget how to speak Spanish, and I don't want you to forget where you come from. Sure. So it was just, we're going to ship you up. And I went by myself. I wasn't shipped with my sisters. Oh, right. I was shipped by myself. Right, right, right. So it was just cool. I guess maybe I was the youngest. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So they would just send me. And I, I remember for me... Growing so middle school would have been the early 2000s, and that's where I discovered reggaeton. Obviously, it wasn't a thing now, it's everywhere, it's global, everyone knows it. But when I was in middle school, I was digesting this music because I was in Puerto Rico while this genre is forming and bubbling and becoming this thing so i'm consuming what my cousins are telling me and i'm lime wire how do i okay i would literally <laughs> i would literally leave puerto rico with burned cds of yeah, whatever my cousins yeah. were this is hot this hell is popping yeah. and come back home and be oh man yeah. so yeah you discover things that you wouldn't have access For to sure. back home and obviously at that time we were in the early ages of internet so yeah. yeah i wasn't really getting that you know what you, you know that it, as a child man and and it doesn't take much you know and it and it's, you could tell i have friends that i grew up with my whole entire life that have never really traveled outside of that and known where they're from right and you could just tell from the way they see life right it's from you it changes the perspective or the glasses in which you decipher information on your everyday life, mm -hmm. just because you live, 
A, a prime example, you consuming reggaeton before that shit was a vibe. Just that little thing, right? I, the only reason I knew about that is because I had a boy, Chris, my boy Chris, well, I don't know if you know him or not. I don't really talk to him anywhere, but he was a friend of mine who would c come back in ninth grade. This is ninth grade. Probably reggaeton was already popping, but him, he would come back. And he would hit up CDs. He had burned CDs. Mm -hmm. Same thing from his cousin. And we would listen to it in an old Corolla station. It was a 1985 because it was whatever the hell. And we would put the CD on and we would listen to Daddy Yankee, yeah. Nicky Jam and all this. And I was, bro, what is this? Mm -hmm. This is a vibe. And he's, bro, this in Puerto Rico is popping. And I was, bro, you're a loser. Get this out of here, you know? But eventually yeah. you dig it. And it's, and it's because of that. It's because you would go to a different country. It was the same thing with, for me, football, right? You asked me if I was a sports fan, die hard. When I would go to Argentina, it's a religion, fool. Mm. That is what you do. Your grandfather likes it. You, your mom's going to, everyone. And it's not how we consume sports here. It is as serious as getting a horrific terminal <laughs> disease diagnosis. Yeah. It is for real. It's part of your lifestyle. Oh, a thousand percent, right? So I would come back here and I'd be so passionate. I remember when Argentina would lose in the World Cup, I would cry, fool. I'm not even a teary dude. <laughs> and I'd be in tears crying and people would be, bro, it's not that, you know, it's not that. And it's it was that serious because you lived it in other places. So the way you interpret life when you come back from these places, whether it be Colombia, Puerto Rico, whatever the hell it is, it's so different how much your mentality changes yeah. from just being a normal person who digests life in a certain way to just the way you do it once you start traveling outside of it, it's more specifically where your roots are from. Right. I wonder if that passion comes from, I guess, developing or third world countries, if you will. That's their escape. That's their yeah. dream. Yeah. So when it doesn't pan out the way they want to it's the harsh reality that you don't always get what you want <laughs> yeah. and so it, it's that's why they're so committed it's so important to them yeah. because it's it's how they're able to step outside of the reality Escape of, in a way yeah 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 yeah. From. yeah i think a, a lot of it has to do with that yes for sure i think a lot of it is culture as well a lot of it is generational culture for mm -hmm. instance my grandfather my mom tells me stories of him i met him three times in my life when I would go over there and he's an older man, he died many, many years ago. But the way I remember him is through the stories of my mom. And he was a die hard Racing fan, which a Racing is a, is a, is a football uh, club in Argentina. And when he was a young kid, he wouldn't be able to remember, this is my grandfather, he lived in the 30s, the 40s and 50s. He didn't have TV, they were poor, they were whatever. And so the way that he would hear it, my mother would wake up in the middle of the night or at nine or whatever, and they would play in a different time zone because he was, she was in Mendoza, and they would play it, and he would have it on a radio. He would have it on a radio, and he'd be playing the game on a radio. Mm -hmm. And he, imagine, imagine how we consume content today, YouTube, whatever the fuck, right, mm -hmm. you, TV. If it ain't now, I ain't trying to listen to it. You right. know what I mean? If it's, no. Imagine sitting there, no visuals. You don't know what your team looks. You've never seen. You've just seen pictures of the players, so you have no right. idea what's happening. It's just a narrator talking about the player you think looks this because you saw <laughs> imagine a d wade to, to, to give you an example you just seen a picture of d wade you have no idea how he plays you have no idea how he moves how his jump shot is none of that you just have a picture of him and you are listening to one voice who's the same voice who's narrating the game and that's the only way you consume yeah. that type of content it's just a little radio she would wake up and he'd be sipping mate which is what we drink in argentina and he'd be listening to it on his radio and that's how he would do it I honestly that crazy? would love that. 
Honestly, there's just something a lot more relaxing about the simple times. Yeah. What's mate? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> That's asking you what's, uh, I don't know, the gandules or whatever. <laughs> mate, for all those that don't know, is a... It's yerba mate, which is a it's a tea. If I could break it down to you, it's just a type of plant that you crush it up and you pulverize it and you dry it out and then you put it in water or you put it in a what's called una matera and you put boiling hot water and then you just sip it all day. And it has I don't know if it has any herbal properties. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you. Oh, hold on, this opens up your capillaries or whatever. No, I don't know what it does, but it's delicious and we drink it all the time. It's delicious and yeah. you drink it. Okay, drink it all the time. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's it's, 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 it's a formal thing, right? So you would come here, you would come to my house. If you come to my house, and that's what you serve. Yeah, you come. Like, mate, yeah, of course. Yeah, you just, if I go to my mom's house, she always have it. She'll be like, oh, oh, I wonder if mate and materva. It's exactly the same thing. Oh, okay. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. Materva is mate soda. Oh my God. I, I think I've had materva. That's it. It's it's just yeah. the version of it that we drink, which is just soda. In, yeah, yeah. But ours is more of a tea. So and it's more right. of a social thing. It's oh. also kind of disgusting if you're not used to sharing. So we don't we don't wash we don't uh, everyone just sips it from the same thing. Oh, okay. So if we're here, we're, okay, so we're all chilling here, right? We're all boys. Even if you're not boys, whatever, it doesn't give who gives a shit. You just sip it, right? And you I would sip it from my mouth. You know how people are super squeamish? Yeah. Please use your hands. No. Yeah. We don't give a shit. Oh, you drank out of the cup away and they drink that. No, we don't do that. So it, it's one metallic straw. So it's not even a oh, cyclable straw where you throw so it away. It's a, a hookah, if you In will. In a way. <laughs> yeah. You know how everyone has their. Uh, <laughs> you know how everyone has their cap? Yeah. Oh, bro, don't use my cap, bro. Okay. All right, bro. Yeah. Nah, that shit don't play. Like, okay. We baby pour a little water on it, maybe. You know okay. what I mean? But otherwise, you just sip it, and then I'd be done talking, and my mom would be like, oh, you're next? Okay, cool. She'd be like, sugar, no sugar. You sugar. Okay, oh. cool. She put a little sugar. Boom. And wow. I just fuck it. I just wet back that, the whole Do thing. Do you think this is still customary in a post-COVID world? thousand percent. Okay. Yeah, that ain't changing, mama. <laughs> that, that's happening till this day. To this day. Okay. And if any Argentine tells me it's not, it's because you're, you know, you're one of... Is it Argentine? It's Argentine, so yeah. it's not Argentine? It is, but, you know. I want to be correct. Argentine. You better be correct. It's, a, <laughs> it's Argentine. Okay, okay. It's awesome. Argentinian as well. You could, whatever. It yeah. Matter. That's, I, I want to try mate, not in the materva Wait, yeah, wanna, dude, come on. Yeah. yeah. I've never... Okay, I want to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you come to my crib... Or next time you're here, I usually always have it at my crib. You just have it. You, somebody sits down. Somebody comes in. It's offering coffee. So we don't you, offer coffee. You continued this oh, tradition. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. My mom, if I go to her right now, she hates doing it now, but whatever. She's old, so she has to do what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I tell her, say, I'm mate, which is, yeah, just uh, make me mate. And she'll come on, she'll pour water or whatever. She'll uh, do it. Do you do it for the tradition the custom or do you do it for the actual no i don't do it for the health benefits right. Rosalind. <laughs> as you see this physique isn't exactly <laughs> right right but you're hunting the secret uh, health pill you yeah know? Uh, no i just do it because i first of all i genuinely enjoy it and also it's you know how people chismosear with their families or whatever yeah you kind of do that when you sip mate when you have sipping. to talk a little shit it's just kind of what you do right yeah. you're not going to just sit there and read a book individually and everybody's right. kind of chilling no yeah. you you sip a little mate, you pass it over, yeah. and that person talks a little shit, and Do then you, you pass it over. Non-Spanish you know? households cheese me out. Yeah, I don't 
no. Maybe black black families definitely cheese me out. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely. <laughs> yeah. But I think Spanish, yeah, this is a cheese meal. I haven't seen you. What's going on? Oh, my God, I haven't seen you in forever. Tú sabes que tu prima, déjame yeah, contarte. Yeah. And then they start with... Yeah, that's a huge thing. That's, come on, that's all day. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? The fact that, and I don't want to correct you. Maybe I'm wrong, but you keep... Uh, you keep referring to people as Spanish, Don't which is weird. Me. No, I'm not correcting you. No, I, if you say however you want to say it. But usually, you know, it's funny. I traveled uh, when I was in Spain and Europe, and I would keep saying, oh, I'm Spanish, or my Spanish friends, we were all his, we were all Spanish or whatever. And I had a lot of people from even South America specifically and in Spain were like, hey, listen, we're not Spanish. We're not Spanish. Okay. I'm Hispanic because I come mm. from La Española, you know, whatever, the, the islands, which mm -hmm. was part of it, but I'm not Spanish. And so I found it really weird that uh, people, when I would come back to Miami and people would be, oh, well, you're Spanish. Well, like, I'm Spaniard. I'm Hispanic. Right. So I think it's, it's some, you know, it's very just, I guess, the digestible version of saying, oh, you're, you're Hispanic. Yeah. But when people say I'm Spanish, I usually always correct them. I'm actually Hispanic because mm -hmm. I'm not from Spain. So what's interesting about that is a few things. Mm. So I find it interesting, and I talk about this with KJ and mm -hmm. my friend Chris all off the time. Camera, off, off camera, off camera, off camera. KJ, the producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In America, in in the U.S., because mm. America can be Canada and the Caribbean as well. Sure. But in the U.S., we have this fixation with labels and saying that you are African American or you are. Oh, a label. Colombian like a American, Puerto Rican American. People want to yeah. create. Categorize. This, right, categorize you. It made me almost put you in a box. Right. Mm -hmm. As in where, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. And you've been in Europe, so maybe you have more knowledge. But I don't think they go around saying that I am, let's say, Ethiopian British. They don't go around doing that. Mm -hmm. They're just either Ethiopian or they're British, mm -hmm. if that's where they were born. But here we have this fixation of, I am XYZ before American. It's sure. you must be. Yeah. So I find it interesting, that, that fixation. Mm -hmm. But also, yes, here we have this, I think it's part of a, a larger dialogue, <laughs> yeah. which is... It's a microcosm of a is, larger problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. thousand percent. It's, what is the politically correct... Thing, yeah. you know, where you're saying you are not Spanish because you are not from Spain. That's mm -hmm. association with Spaniards. But then if I'm Hispanic, well, that can only be associated if you're from the Hispaniola, Caribbean. But then I'm Latino America, which is this. But then, uh, and it's so yeah. many, which yeah. is essentially it's exhausting. We were all colonized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A thousand percent. That's what it all boils down to. Thousand percent. We were all colonized and we don't know what the fuck we are. So we are <laughs> nationalists and we just identify <laughs> yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. where our parents, if we were not born yeah. there, are from. Because yeah. we really don't, you know, there's always going to be someone that has, I wouldn't say an issue, but there was, if I say Spanish, someone's going to say, well, actually X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's necessarily that it's really a problem. No. I think it's yeah. just part of the bigger argument is that these labels were created to divide us. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. if we're, oh, I'm this, I'm that, whatever. Yeah. So I just go around and I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. I say it more so because when you're a kid, I think it's more, you know, a, a thing that it's what you said. It's uh, the 
insatiable desire to categorize people in general, mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't matter whether you're where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're not black, you're African American, mm -hmm. right? But if you're, you know, South African American, are you African American? No, you're 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 South African then. Okay, cool. Awesome. Right? So but for me, I always thought Spanish was just the kind of and I don't get offended by it because I don't give a flying you know, I hit the bleep or whatever <laughs> about where, what you categorize. I could care less, honestly, but it's more so what the, the as a kid, when you were in these uh, black schools or these white schools or these Hispanic schools or whatever, it was just a category they would put you in, mm -hmm. you know? And so they were, oh, you're a Spanish kid. Mm -hmm. And so you grow up thinking that, oh, I'm a Spanish kid, right? Because right. I speak Spanish. And you, but And you say that because we didn't have, I had to choose white. Yeah. Even though I don't consider myself white. Yeah. But I think politically I correct, put on I am my, white. I put on my SAT, I was white, fool. Look uh -huh. at me, dog. <clears throat> Off camera. Do I look... <laughs> dog, look at me, dog. No, for real. I look... I'm... Did they have Hispanic? They no, didn't. they did. It was white, black, white Hawaiian. 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 My guy, Hawaiian, Asian, dog. maybe? Asian? Asian. Asian was one. Asian was Asian one. Asian was one. And then I remember, ironically, when they put Haitian in there. No. As a, yeah, yeah. They, no. put, they used to put Haitian as if Haitian was some sort of <laughs> sub race. <laughs> that's was, a Miami thing. It was a I ridiculous know that's a Miami it thing. It was a ridiculous thing. Yeah, remember Haitian used to be on there? And then eventually they put, okay, so you're white, and then they had subcategories. That's I when we got a little older. Hispanic was something that I saw. As I got when once I got older, maybe right. job applications. Right. But in school, nah. Hispanic yeah. was not one of the options. I was white, fool. Right. And I would be like, I'm not black, but I'm not yeah, white. Yeah, Am yeah, I yeah. White? I guess yeah. I put yeah. white. Imagine my boy Abe, <laughs> who's Cuban and he's black as shit. I mean, I love him, right? No, but he's no, black. he's Afro Cuban. Yeah. Cuban. What thousand he's yo, he I still call him today. Oh, he got a lot. And and he's Cuban. This is this goes back to the bigger mm -hmm. conversation, which is I think that as we got older, these conversations became prevalent because Thousand. maybe someone, our friend Abe, maybe no one told him that you're Afro-Cuban because in his head, he was just Cuban. Right. There was no Afro about it because that was not part of the conversation sure. at that time. Sure. But as we got older, which I always think is, is ironic that I would say that our generation... And that the, the, the generation that follows, in its attempt to get away from labels, created more labels. Yeah, 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 And yeah, so yeah. now we have those conversations where it's just, yeah, a lot of us, maybe you have to put that Afro or whatever in front, which is, again, I do we go around saying that I'm, I don't know, what would I say? Am I Anglo-Puerto Rican? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, certain yeah. things that are it's just weird. very, it's, it's interesting and odd to me because yeah. I'm just kind of... A person identifies as such, let's say, as Cuban, but they're black. In Cuba, do they say they're Afro-Cuban? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think so either. I've, I've not heard of anyone. I've never heard of that. Right. Again, I think it's an American. I personally think it's an American yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's but I'm open to the conversation if people think that that's not because I... Absolutely want I want to be informed, but yeah, the the label things, man. I think it's an Americanized for sure. Yeah, concept. that's what I'm saying. It's it's not until I grew up and I grew up around you know, you know, African American, also known as blacks, right? Hispanics, which was us, but we were called the Spanish kids, right? Yeah, Spanish, oh, you're yeah. A Spanish, you're Spanish, but like 
you know, it wasn't. But then until you couldn't you, be African American if you were from the Caribbean, right? Which created a whole different. Which is a whole nother monster, yeah. dog. You know what I mean? And what if you had a black dad and a black Cuban mother? Right. It was weird. It was just weird. Right. And it's still weird to this day. But that's what I'm saying. To your point, I don't get offended by it. But I've also realized later on in life, like if someone tells me, "Oh, what are you? Oh, I'm Hispanic." I don't even say Spanish anymore yeah. because like I feel if I say I'm Spanish. That I'm categorizing myself as a Spaniard. What an Anglo American wants me to do because it's not. I'm Hispanic because there's a little island which is called Las Mallorcas or whatever. And I think my geography is right. Someone's going to correct me on this. Maybe I'm wrong. But the Hispaniola area even covers southern parts of Portugal. And people can say they're Hispanic if they're from that area. So mm. Catalonia, uh, Spain, whatever, all those people are from Hispaniola, which is that area. Mm. They recreated that, which is what we know as the Caribbean Hispaniola. But that original is why we call ourselves Hispanic, because that's where our culture, our ancestors come from, a.k.a. the colonizers. Right, a.k.a. the According colonizers. According to my sister. <laughs> no, no, because we're not going to call them yeah, what they're yeah, no, not. No, 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 no. They didn't friendly no, voyage no, 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 across. No, no. What are you talking about, bro? They <laughs> bartered with the indigenous people. They, uh, yeah. yeah, right. And I will say, because we're on the topic, and this is why I can't get behind Rosalia. <laughs> oh, my God. Come I on. A, I have man. a gripe with her, and I just have a beef with, and it's not What, because she's Spaniard? I truly, genuinely, in my heart, can't get behind the fact that she is the colonizer. It is yeah. so difficult for me to wrap my head around it because I don't care if it's a thousand years removed mm. from what occurred. Mm. You are literally singing and talking and living in the native uh, tongue of the people that would say that we were savages yeah. and that we were ghetto and that we... And I'm sure to this day that if you speak to people that are from Spain, from Spain and speak, what is it, Catalano? Is that? Catalano. Yeah. Sí. And you speak Spanish? Catalan, technically. They're going to be, oh, you're ghetto. Yeah. Yeah, but not. But look, look, I, I'm totally cognizant of that, right? And not to play the devil's advocate, just to play the devil's advocate, because that's not where I'm trying to get at. But I'm also understanding that I can't judge someone for what the parents or their sixth generation do, because ultimately, if you break it down to the molecular level, you get this cosmic, and I don't want to get too deep, but this is ultimately how I think. I think on a very cosmic level, right? We're just this floating ball around this other huge floating ball that's, you know, however many miles away that the sun is, and we're just kind of spinning around, looking at right. a bunch of dumbasses, and living our lives, and finding importance on things that ain't that really important, right? right. I get that. And I'm not saying that we should dismiss the whole era of Spaniards colonizing countries, South America, and whatever, whatever. whatever. However, I can't judge someone for the parent or for what their ancestors did. I get your point, for mm -hmm. sure. But what I'm saying is, how is La Rosalia, we're just going to use her as an example, because I do have some friends that are Spaniard, and they are the most kindest, caring people in the world. And yes, they speak the tongue of the people that ultimately colonized my mother's land and my father's land, but I can't possibly judge them for that. Because as an example, I have, you know, in Argentina, there was a huge, huge influx of people that escaped Nazi Germany, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they are currently living there, and they are the grandkids this is only two generations removed of World War II. They are the grandkids of people that immigrated from uh, countries, Germany and Poland, et cetera, et cetera, that left there to avoid persecution mm -hmm. and went to Argentina and lived there. And, you know, 
I now their grandkids are the kids that I grew up in the neighborhood. Come on, bro. Your name is, you know, Schwarzberger or whatever. Right. Super German names that you're just, mm, yeah, where'd your <laughs> grandfather come from, dog? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I can't because they're kind people and they're cool and they're empathetic and they understand and they've loved me my whole life in the same way I love them. And I'm not trying to say this whole world is some peaceful right. shit, but I can't judge them off the generations past. It just can't. How is Rosalia? I don't know who she is. <laughs> But I'm saying, how is she as a person? Does her music suck? Yeah, I don't really listen to her music. But is she cool as a person? Yeah. You know, is she is she an empathetic person? Is she cool? Is she kind to other people? That's how I judge her. Right. And, and, no, and I completely understand. I think for me, when it comes to the musical aspect, mm -hmm. the issue that I have is this. It wasn't too long ago mm. that reggaeton was considered the music of the people, the ghettos, the ratchet, mm. you know? Mm. So when I see someone, Rosalia, who in my mind is the literal uh, uh, colonizer incarnate, I'm just kind of, how are you? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so bad. That's so bad. I, I'm just kind of, how are you? You're Not taking how. advantage. Of I know our... how because you are white passing and I get it. And I understand that that's how media is consumed, right? right. So you could have Rosalia's counterpart be a black woman or a brown woman and be giving you the same exact thing, but Rosalia, for some, for the obvious reasons, will gain more popularity and have more success, right? Yeah. And I think that that's where my issues come mm -hmm. from is that you that she can benefit from the success of this music that came from the streets and was for the people. This is music mm -hmm. that was created for mm -hmm. the people by the people. Um, and so that's the part to me that's just kind of, I have a hard time coming to terms mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, I think I think you have a very good point for sure. But I, you know, again, I don't know. I just, you know, reggaeton, when we used to listen to it and and to get deep into some reggaeton-y, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember the first song I ever listened to was Plan B. And it's the fuck. It's the most famous song. What the what? It's it's everybody. Yeah, You know that. You know that was the first time I ever listened yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And it's hip hop in the 1970s when DJ Cool Herc used to go around the Southern Bronx and play these parties, and mm -hmm. he would just grab one one record and he would mix it with the other ones, and he would just grab the break beats and flip the break beats, and that's what would make people move. That's that's how he invented hip-hop, right? Like, that's how it was. And then Africa Bombada grabbed it and made all these other cool things about it or whatever, but ultimately, that's how it started, right? And nowadays, it's consumed by a completely different type of genre mm -hmm. of people. You know, for instance, as an example, I go to, you know, I went to Germany, and I went to the dog. When I tell you <laughs> this shit was so live, in Germany, in Berlin, in this little club that they were playing. I didn't know what the hell they were rapping about. But the boom bap made me feel I was a little kid and I put Illmatic on for the first time. It would, it transformed me, dog. It gave me goosebumps, you know? And I was like, bro, this is hip hop right here. But they're white people in a crowd that yeah. seven generations ago, three generations ago, maybe some of them were linked to Nazism, right? Right. And I can't judge them for that right so when when reggaetons first started and the way we used to listen to it it was on burn cds it mm -hmm. was super rugged it was just you know you know crazy shit like that. and i was oh my god this is crazy but now it's removed from that now it's being consumed and evolved into something yeah. that's completely different and i can't 
judge people for having grabbed that genre and made it their own. Now, mm -hmm. it's, for instance, as an example, for where I'm from, some of the biggest reggaetoneros are Colombian. Right. You know what I mean? And they just grabbed it and they, inf you know, fused the sounds of Colombia, which are rhythmic and more melodic type right. of things, as opposed to reggaeton right. from which Puerto Rico, which like is more like pop, Right, exactly. Yeah. And they made it their own. So it's to your point about Rosalia, I can probably bear it more because I maybe have seen other forms of hip hop. And I understand that at the same time, as it much as it is reggaeton streets of La Perla and all this real gutter shit right. that we used to listen to, it's now transformed into something right. different. And, and now Spaniards have grabbed it and now it's their own thing. Right. Now, and, and you know what I said? If it's their own thing and they add their own thing, it, it, I can't dismiss it because it's now different than what I used to listen to it Perhaps in the beginning. I'm a reggaeton purist. You are. You and are. we are living in the times Your of Your reggaeton seeing... snobness is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> we're living in the time where we're seeing the transformation occur mm. as it becomes mainstream. And maybe Big I'm time. just grasping on. Yeah. You, know? you can't be that guy. Listen. <laughs> My guy, I am that guy when it comes to a lot of shit, you know? Nah, bro, you don't know how it was in the beginning, dog. You know, I'm that guy. I am that guy, yeah. bro. Yeah. But I've learned over time to build a tolerance to new shit. You know, because yeah. here's the thing. I'll give you a very, very simple but effective example of what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, I used to love hip-hop music. I'm a hip-hop nerd. I got a bunch of records. I used to listen to tapes. You know, I I am insane about it. But my mom was a very religious person, right? So she was, nah, son, you're not going to curse, bro. You're going to be a <laughs> altar boy in Catholic church. And you're going to fucking do this the way I want you to do it. And so my dad, because he's a thug, he would tell me, if you get good grades in school, I'm going to give you a tape. And it's going to say parental advisory. I'm going to go to Specs Music, if you know what Specs Music is. Yes. Right, exactly. I'm going to buy you this thing, and you're going to listen to it. And I was oh, hell yeah. So I would go, I would get good grades, and my dad would give it to me, right? And my dad gave me a very simple example. Every generation that grows older than you, the generation behind it will throw sticks at you and say, you're not as good as my generation. Mm. And it exists to this very day. When I was a kid, my dad used to be like, oh, this ain't hip-hop. Hip-hop music isn't the best. It's the Beatles, right? And when I was 16, I realized I saw before, maybe no one knows what this is. Maybe someone do. Before, they used to have these pictures where you would put them in these little, they were these little triangular plastic things. And you would put the image right here, and you would have to point it to the light, mm. and you would shoot through it, and it would have a picture of an old school picture. And that's how you used to collect pictures. Mm. So they would have a negative behind it, and you would look at it through a light, and it would it would shine the light behind it, and you would see the image. I'm this dating is, myself, but I remember when theme parks used to have that as a souvenir. From, okay. Yeah. Right. So my dad <laughs> had this thing. And I remember when I was 16, I asked my dad a simple question. I was, you talk shit about, even though he gave me this, you know, he, he was the one who allowed me to listen to hip hop and Biggie and all this stuff. He gave me this thing and he handed me this and he was, look, this was me when I was a kid. And my dad had a picture of him in Bogota, which is, which is the capital of Bogota, with my godfather right next to him, his best friend. And they had long hair and they had bell bottoms and they had a Che Guevara, which is a fucking piece of shit guy, but whatever. Nevertheless, this is the 70s, right? He had a Che Guevara a belt on and i asked him i was what did my grandfather which is a man's man you know <laughs> that motherfucker was about his manliness right what did he think of his son 
the right. the oldest son about what how he was dressing the beatles rolling stones you know what i mean he thought it was you know part of my french he thought it was feminine music gay music oh the maricones you know what i mean that yeah. kind of stuff you know and so i told him and i was and now you tell me that that's real music but the shit that i'm listening to is that's whack right so what i never want to be to your point, to bring it all back full circle, is that generation who points the finger at the future when I say, nah, you're not real because you're not a purist, right? So the people, the kids and the girls, La Rosalia, or whatever new reggaeton is coming out, I can't tell them that their shit is whack because back when we used to be mm -hmm. into reggaeton, they used to tell us our shit was whack. Right. And so even the mumble rap and the little Zan and all this shit that I find so garbage... I still give it a chance because I don't ever want to be that old head that says, oh, you know, Gangstar is the only real hip hop and you don't know about DJ Premier and all this other shit. Nah. That's the throwbacks. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate I, this dialogue. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you, you're giving just me a different some perspective. perspective here. That's all it is. Just <laughs> no. another way to look at the coin. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. I'll take this into consideration. You better. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be those old people that be like, no, no. did you listen to Blambe? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You only know that because he just did a song with Pam Buddy. Right, right, right. right. right, right. No, you no, don't know I... Chencho con Leone, Bye, guy. Come on. I No, I, I completely understand, and I I, I get it. I'm, I'll take, I'll digest this. You're open to it? Yeah, I'm a You're gonna, let, let, Let's see how that sits with you, big guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to do some, you know thinking back yeah like hell yeah home and sit with that but yeah it's just a different way of looking at it that's yeah all. absolutely no i get it and i, I appreciate that you know yeah, yeah, I, appreciate I can't believe you're teaching me something after really wow. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna stop it right there porque la cosa se está poniendo buena this is part one of a two-part season finale so stay tuned next week as we wrap up our conversation with gus for the last episode of season one of Growing Up Spanglish. Yo soy Puerto Rico.